not adjust your tracking. You are now listening to the VH Saturday podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of VHS Saturday, the show where we discuss these strange and unusual odd and obscure VHS tapes that we obtain through thrift, gift, and grift. My name is Henry. And I'm Allison. And this week, we are looking at a film adaptation of Danielle Steele's 25th book. Allison, what is her book slash movie called? Daddy. It Daddy. Does, <laughs> it doesn't go how you think. <laughs> but before we go into what it's actually about, we've got a few announcements. Yes, we do. So, first of all, we have expanded our reach. We are on, like, every platform now. So, for those of you who have wanted to listen on Apple Podcasts, we're officially on there. Of course, as usual, we're on Spotify and YouTube. But as well, we are on Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Player FM. And if you don't hear your preferred podcast platform on the list, feel free to let us know. We're also on Twitter now, so you can tweet at us. It's at VHSaturday. Speaking of podcasts, we were guests on one. That's right. Me and Henry guest starred on our good friend. VCR Graveyard. VCR Graveyard's podcast. We were discussing Halloween 2 versus Friday the 13th Part 6. Yes. Allison and I were team uh, Friday the 13th because I love Jason. He's my boy. Oh, yeah. It was so much fun. Those guys are awesome. We have plans to get them on our show as well. That's in the works, yeah. So, you know, when you're finished listening to us talk about Daddy, (laughs) you can head on over to VCR Graveyard and listen to us talk about some horror movies on there. It's a good time. That episode is going to be live today as well. So if you're listening to this on Monday when this episode is up, that episode is also up. So definitely check it out. Yes. Lastly, before we get into Daddy... (laughs) <laughs> we have stickers available we have merch available the shop is in the works but we are selling directly through dms so shoot us a dm on whatever platform because like allison said we are now on twitter so that puts us on just about every social media platform yeah, out there like where more could you want us people yeah, just let us know just, it's just easy let to, us know it's easy to do. cross-platforming is so easy these days like yeah. it's not a big deal yeah definitely not a big deal Mm-mm. That said, I know what an RSS feed is. <laughs> what you don't? No, that's a <laughs> daddy. Daddy. So here's the thing. I didn't know who the fuck Danielle Steele was, but apparently she's the fourth best selling author of all fucking time. Yeah. So me did and you, Henry. Did you know about who Danielle Steele was? Well, I want to talk about why we picked this tape in the first place. Okay, yeah. Obviously, the salacious name. I mean, what more do you need? But we went to a local Goodwill, and they just so happened to have quite an impressive VHS selection. So we're thumbing through these tapes, and we noticed that there is an entire collection of Daniel Steele film adaptations. Like, if they all have... A similar aesthetic. They had obviously the same graphic designer oh, do yeah. all these uh, VHS slipcovers. They're pastel colors. They have the same kind of like font. They all have this like, what is this fucking supposed to be? Is this supposed to be like a uh, thread? Is that fucking ribbons? Ribbon? I assume. Ribbon. Yeah. Poorly 
rendered ribbon, probably drawn in Amiga, because uh, <laughs> this film is from 1991. Yeah, but you know what? There was one other thing that all of these tapes had in common, and was that they belonged to a woman named Marge Allen from Knoll, Missouri. Um, they, uh, her name was on basically every single fucking tape at this Goodwill. Oh, yeah. It's kind of There's insane. a ton of them. It's, we know her name is name is on. It's on one of those uh, those like, mailing um, label things you could go order. Yeah. Uh, here's a funny story about those. I as a kid, I had a fuck ton of those with my name and address on it. Why? Because like. Were you sending out mail? No. So here's the thing. I love getting mail. I still love getting mail. Hell Please yeah. send us mail also. Send us Please. send us tapes. Fan submissions episode two. Come on, people. Let's go. But uh, so so anecdote. Right. So the uh, they would come. The ads for them would just come with the newspaper and like in the junk mail and shit. Do you remember getting these and like no. your parents junk? No. Yeah, it would be on this like little uh, newspaper esque kind of thing. Right. That would be with like coupons and be like order your roll of blah, blah. And it's just an order form. But they would also say samples. We got free samples. Ooh, who doesn't love a free sample? And so I filled it out with mm-hmm. my name and address. Yeah. I asked for some samples. And as your kid, you're not sending out a lot of mail. So fuck it. They send me fucking 10. I'm good for a while still. Right? <laughs> I'm a kid. Yeah, dude. I'm not moving out of this house for a long time either. <laughs> I'm set. Especially with this economy. <laughs> it was the 90s. It was, Damn. It was, you know. I had you were a, also like a child. I had like ambitions. A child. I had ambitions in the nineties, but I'm an adult. The economy won't be in the shitter. Damn, was I wrong? Anyway, so pumped to buy a house, bro. <laughs> so they don't send me like ten. They send me like a fucking spool. What? Yeah, they send you a whole fucking spool as your fucking free sample. Anyways, sticker, anyways, so this fucking stories. this fucking movie. Um, I was expecting a soap opera. <laughs> I was expecting some like softcore porn. I was expecting a softcore porn soap opera. I was expecting it to be shot like a soap opera, and I was expecting it to have like you know uh, being shot in a multi-camera form where they have like a three-camera section like in their set, and everything's just lit the same way for every single shot because they just have one take on it, you know, like looking like all my children. Speaking of some of these actors were in um, some soap operas. That's where some of them got the cast of this movie is nuts. Like, okay, who, who all is in this movie? First of all, let's talk about the titular daddy. Um, fucking Patrick Duffy, who also played a step daddy in step by step. Is that why it was called that? I haven't seen that show since the nineties. I didn't even realize there was. Oh yeah. yeah. You see, it's <laughs> I'm not going to reference another show that I watch, but uh, one of my favorite Internet series, Some Jerk with a Camera, um, he has an entire episode where he covers step by step and specifically the episode where they go to Disney. And it's really funny because he touches on the fact that it was on TGIF and people watched it every week, but they don't remember anything about it. <laughs> it is like a televised blue pill, he calls it, that you just you're like, what are even their names? Do you even remember their characters? I remember names? a stoner dude who lived in the van. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he played Super Nintendo in one episode. <laughs> that's what I remember. I just I think this came out at the peak of that, that show, too. Like that show was like taking off. Oh, yeah. And that's when this, this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, so he was he was top he was top dog. Top he, billing right there. Yeah. Not only that, this is at the very beginning of the uh, skyrocketing career of Matthew Lawrence, who plays Sam, the youngest son. Yes. Matthew fucking Lawrence. I was like watching this movie and I was like, I recognize that kid. Who is that? And I was like, oh, shit, it's the boyfriend from the hot chick. <laughs> And it's like, wow, of all of his roles, that's the one you remember yeah, the most. <laughs> and then we were like, well, no, he was also on that show with like his two brothers. Right. And we're like, yeah, Joey. And uh... no, I said it was three brothers. And you're like, was there a third brother? <laughs> I, was like, uh... I, was like, I was like, yeah, his name was. Uh, fuck, I forget. The but like Matthew, Joey and Andrew. Andrew's the youngest one. But See, we, I forgot the Andrew. Forgot I forgot the young, Andrew. Yeah, he's the youngest one. I forgot because like Joey Lawrence was on other shit, mm -hmm. and then you know Matthew Lawrence was in a bunch of things. Was such in as, everything. Yeah. So like you know, I of course I remember them. Maybe Andrew Lawrence went on to do other stuff, and I just forgot or like you know didn't pay attention. Yeah. But like I could not remember him for the life of me last night. We also got Ben Affleck though. Yeah. This is like at the beginning of Ben Affleck's career. I don't even think they mentioned. He's him not mentioned on the, on the back. That's how. That's, that's how early he wasn't even like famous. Ben Affleck plays Ben, the uh, the oldest brother. We have Jenny Lewis, who you will recognize from The Wizard, playing <laughs> as Melissa, the fifteen year old daughter. Kate Mulgrew, you know, she was in Star Trek Voyager as Captain Janeway. And then Linda fucking Carter. Linda fucking Carter. Wonder Woman herself. Mm -hmm. She looks great. She looks great in this. For this episode, we subjected ourselves to the audiobook. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> go into the extensive, unnecessary research we did on this. this. The audiobook was like three <laughs> hours long. This movie's about half of that. Yeah. So, of course, Danielle Steele is the number four best-selling author of all time. Of all time. So... People are very familiar with her work, specifically horny housewives. <laughs> but I digress. There's a lot of horny housewives. That's how come she's the fourth best selling. And that's why these books got turned into made for TV movies. 28 of them. 28. Daddy had the funniest name out of all of them. Right. That's why we grabbed it. So yeah. we, we just coincidentally picked the diamond in the rough. We randomly chose it because it has the funniest name. We're like, this is perfect. Compared to the rest of them, people regard this as one of the best ones. Just looking at the cast alone in my research, significantly better. Like, I can't believe we got like so many now A-listers, yeah. you know. But the thing is, is like, look, in 1991, I was not a horny housewife. So I am personally not familiar with Danielle Steele's books at all. Well, I think she's still cranking them out. Yeah, because she's oh, yeah. got 170 fucking eight of them. Yeah, she cranks these out. Well, look, so I was like, well, I'm going to be watching a movie based on a Danielle Steele book. I might as well, you know, see what's up with the book. And I have had an Audible subscription for a really long time. <gasps> I forgot to mention we're on Audible and Amazon Music as well now. <laughs> Now that that's jogged my memory. And let me tell you, folks, that book was a fucking slog. It was so hard to get through. So fucking boring. It was so boring. Like, how can so many things happen, yet so little happen all at the same time? Nothing has real consequences. There's no real conflict of anything. Things just happen. 
and there's like no resolution of any real sort. Yeah. But like the first it's only four chapters, but, it, you know, it's the longest four chapters of my fucking life. The uh, there's a significant amount of differences. But here's a few things that we found that were similar between all of Danielle Steele's books, it seems, because apparently she's known for being formulaic. Yes. But how formulaic? You might think, you know, I understand wanting to be formulaic if you're a writer, you're cranking out the same kind of pap for your same target demographic all the fucking time, right? It makes sense. If I like vanilla, I'm going to like French vanilla and I'm going to like vanilla bean. You know, that's that's how it is, right? Yeah, there's so many varieties of and vanilla. Like when I go to a, an ice cream shop, I see vanilla. I'm happy with that. I don't want chocolate. And no, I, fuck chocolate. And, it's too rich. And it, but but but. People like chocolate and if people like chocolate, they like dark chocolate, they like milk chocolate. There's, you know, there's all forms of this chocolate. So all of Danielle Steele's books are just like that. They are so formulaic. That's what you want. I would say Danielle Steele is very vanilla. If you were to assign a flavor to Danielle Steele's books, vanilla is the perfect way to describe it. You know exactly what you're getting when you see it. Right. That's how come they sell so fucking well. I found that she had names recycled and the movies changed some facts. Right. Such as where it takes place, because all of Danielle Steele's books take place in like what? Three, four cities. Yeah. So I actually took it upon myself to create a Danielle Steele story generator and it kind of follows the tropes and it's a fill in the blank with the different things that Daniel Steele kind of uses to spice up her vanilla story. You play along with this. OK, so a rich woman named blank. Who works for blank in blank faces a crisis where blank that threatens her relationship with a blank. I didn't personally read Daniel Steele's stories, but we did find this really helpful article online where somebody summed up every single one of her books in 140 characters or less. Oh, that's why I noticed the names are the fucking same. Mm-hmm. That's why I started noticing they all take place in New, New York, York, San Francisco, Francisco LA, LA, and Paris. That is all they take place in every once in a while. They'll go to England, North Carolina. Danielle, once once in a while, like I think probably like every five books, Danielle Steele wants to, to spice it up. So she pulls out her map. She pulls out a map, closes her eyes and then goes, mm, here it is. Yeah. If you watch Danielle Steele movies or read her books, you'll be like, oh, let me guess. Like Danielle Steele views the world through like there's New York there's L.A. San Francisco. That's it. Like and that's Paris. It. Yeah. Which those are the places she lived in and grew up. Yeah. She has a house in San Francisco. She grew up in like New York and Paris as she settled down in like L.A. Everything that she writes about is almost exactly what she's been through it in her life. It is so self-insertion. Yes. Which might be why so many like horny housewives love it oh yeah people relate to this shit like crazy i was looking up the comments and i was like oh people are gonna shit on this movie you know but all the comments were like oh my god i felt like i was watching my own life it's like man you're a piece of shit this is your <laughs> fucking life speaking of pieces of shit uh the jobs right okay who works for 
an ad agency, herself as a writer, someone else as a writer, her husband as a trad wife, or an actress. Like I said, a lot of self-insertion. Danielle Steele has worked in an ad agency. She's obviously a writer. She probably took a stab at acting, I would imagine. I think I thought she I thought I heard that she actually like made a CD like music, like an audio CD. Speaking of Danielle Steele's musical career, she likes to talk a lot about crises. (laughs) (laughs) Every... (laughs) Every Daniel Steele story centers around some kind of fucking crisis. Such crises include the Holocaust, (laughs) a car accident, a terminal disease, war, terrorism, accidental pregnancy, and surprisingly not in this story, incest. There's another Danielle Steele book that's like called Daddy's Girls. Yeah. And that also is not about incest. Right. But some of her books are apparently about incest. And it's like, oh, you sly, sly woman. Is it a bait and switch? Like, she's like, oh, yeah, my incest book sold so good. I'm just going to, like, bait them. That is the most clever thing she has ever done. <laughs> like, is she capable of such complex thought? That is the only clever thing <laughs> she has ever written is by not making daddy and daddy's girls about incest because i posted this fucking on my instagram story and that's the impression that people got that's what we thought that's what we thought we got instead we get you know a fairly wholesome story yeah yeah okay but what's not wholesome is the relationship the types of relationships that we see in these stories so this woman will have a crisis that threatens her relationship with a ex-con drug addict rapist unrealistically good guy she somehow doesn't care for 17 year old or a single dad those first three actually describe three of danielle Steele's ex-husbands of she which is five she times married five five husbands and like a bajillion kids yeah these books will recycle these same plot points names settings daddy follows a lot of these tropes to the t But I have to commend it for how much it actually subverted our expectations. So instead of us explaining what daddy is really about, because it's not about incest, we've been dodging this. We know what you're thinking. We've been dodging this already for like 25 (laughs) minutes now almost. Instead of us explaining the beginning of daddy, let's have uh, Danielle Steele do it. Yeah, as she does in the beginning of this tape. Hello, I'm Danielle Steele. Thank you for being with us this evening. Daddy is a story that could happen to any man. Oliver Watson thinks he's happily married until his marriage comes apart and he's left to be father, mother, and provider. So the movie starts with some pretty good cinematography. It shocked both of us. That opening shot of uh, the mailbox Mm -hmm. in the the snowy house. That looks really familiar for some reason. It's very familiar. It is a filmed house in something. It is not the Home Alone house. We thought it was the Home Alone house, but it's not. The movie takes place in Chicago and not New York. The book takes place in New York. Yeah, subverting our expectations that I guarantee whoever made this movie was like trying to adapt it into a screenplay and was like, we already did New York. We already did New York. York. We already did did LA. LA. What are we doing here? Like, can we 
please just go somewhere else? Can we please just film in Toronto and call it Chicago, please? I was expecting a soap opera. I was expecting everything to be blown out with the lighting, things be done in like maybe two takes at the most, right? Three camera format where we just get the same angles for 90 fucking minutes. But no, we were both impressed right from the get go. Yeah, it looks good. And then you've got this all star cast and you're just you have no choice but to pay attention. And not to mention, the book was so shitty that we were expecting the movie to be worse. I mean, how often do you watch a film adaptation and you're like, the book was better? Let alone a film adaptation made for TV. Right. You're like, this is going to be shit. This is going to be even worse than the book. But no, I can't believe when we picked this up, we didn't notice that's uh, Linda Carter and Patrick Duffy, like, you know, caressing each other on the front cover yeah it just they looked so they look like your generic romance novel oh like, yeah it like, looks I, so generic it, it looks, looks like so Cole generic Park. i did not even realize that's patrick duffy holding wonder woman yeah right what the fuck you know what i really love about this cover though that like when you turn it to the side they just took the same oh my image. god they took the same image that they used on the front and literally just like squished it, it to they fit didn't, they did not scale it no they just squished it on its horizontal axis <laughs> like i said this had to have been designed on like a fucking amiga yeah we just saw the cover and we were like daddy sold whatever but like we didn't even bother looking at the fucking back where it's like oh yeah starring patrick duffy linda carter etc etc yeah that's not what pulled us in no patrick duffy's acting doesn't pull us in though <laughs> yeah he talks like this the whole movie. He's a whisperer. Everything. So dramatic whispered. You know, it's really ironic. Patrick Duffy used to do commercials for hearing aids. What? <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm Patrick Duffy. <laughs> His acting got totally canned in this. Ben Affleck became Batman. Yeah, we've got Batman and Wonder Woman. And we got Patrick Duffy talking like he's fucking Batman. And and Daredevil. And Daredevil. Because Ben Affleck was also Daredevil. He's Marvel and DC. Yeah, headstrong he'll take you on. Oh. (laughs) We also, like like I said earlier, we got fucking Kate Mulgrew in this. Yeah. Playing the mom. What's the mom's fucking name again? Sarah. Fuck Sarah. Fuck Sarah. Sarah is a bitch. All right, so, so he... Let's go over the cast one more time. We're going to explain the roles of yeah. it because we didn't so explain the roles. This is a family, right? Every this is a daddy based around a family. So let's go through the family tree. Who's who? Patrick Duffy, the daddy, the, the Ted Taylor daddy, right? Then we yeah. got Kate Mulgrew. She's uh, what's her fucking name again? Sarah. Sarah. Sarah, the mom. You're going to hate Sarah by the end of this. Then we have Jenny Lewis, the daughter who is 15. Her name is Melissa. Then we got Ben Affleck, the 18-year-old named Ben. Very easy to remember. I didn't mm-hmm. fuck that one up. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Lawrence plays Sam, the nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. Then we have Linda Carter, who plays the love interest. The movie star, Charlotte. There's only one in this movie. In the book, there was like fucking five. Oh, like number of women that, that he sees? So Okay, but, but Henry... Why is this daddy seeing other women when there's a mom in the picture? Well, because the mom in the movie gets accepted to the University of Michigan. 
And in the book, she got accepted to Harvard. Harvard is the only college that Danielle Steele has ever heard of. That's the only one she ever writes about. It's Harvard this, Harvard that. It's like, bitch, pick another school. Oh, wait, wait, no. She also writes about UCLA. Harvard and UCLA. Cambridge. (laughs) I think I I heard tell of Cambridge once. So the mom gets accepted to Harvard slash University of Michigan. And she in the book, she's known for a while. I don't know how long it was in the movie. It was still wintry. It was like a few days before Christmas. And she drops it day after Christmas. I got accepted to college. And first, he's kind of like, okay, like he wants to be supportive. And she is like, oh, it's in Michigan. And he's like, oh, that's 200 fucking miles away. You start in three weeks. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. We, I, How are we going to just up and move? And she's like, well, you aren't. Yeah, like I'm moving. You have to stay here with our three kids. And in the book, this whole like as this progressed, he tries to convince her not to go. You can tell he knows she's really breaking up with him. Yeah, but She's not. She's she kind says of beating she, around the bush. She says it. she's not. She just needs time away. She needs to do this. We get a sex scene in the movie. We don't see a whole lot, but we get a sex scene that kind of pretty early. She says she's she just wants to go to college and it's a good move for her. She says she's going to visit on the weekends. Henry, she's going to visit I have on the to holidays. Say, like the way that you're painting this is so less awful than it really was. Like the book starts out from Sarah's perspective. And so we're going into this thinking, oh, we're supposed to be empathizing with Sarah. Yeah, I thought it was going to be so mad. Sarah is a fucking cunt because the whole time she's talking about, I've been married for 20 years. I only ever have to take care of my husband and my kids. What about me? When am I going to get what I want? And she just decides she's going to go back to school and she's going to find herself. Because in the book, we find out They got pregnant very early in the book. You know, she wasn't doing good in school, right? Mm -hmm. She was kind of like working a shitty job, just kind of coasting fucking by. And she was kind of proud of herself for that for some fucking dumb reason. (laughs) And how dare you be proud of yourself? She was proud of herself for the wrong reason. (laughs) Not, you know, I'm making it. It's. Yeah, yeah, it's whatever. Like it's in later when they go to France, she brags. She, her and her French boyfriend. Oh, God. We're proud of that. They're getting by on a shoestring. Remember? We haven't even gone to the divorce yet. We mentioned the French boyfriend. <laughs> so it's not a spoiler. We, we skip that in the movie. We don't get this backstory of like the fact that she was basically starving and like She got published twice. She thought of herself as this amazing author. Yeah, but ever since she had kids, she just she's got writer's block. She can't think of anything. Which is fucking stupid because, like, I've been published in two different magazines. So, like, whoa, I don't like fancy myself an amazing writer. But no, Sarah is a fucking hack fraud. She thinks she's a writer, but she's not. That's like she wasn't making it as a writer. Yeah, and so and she took that resentment out on her entire fucking family. Oliver was supporting her even when they were just dating because he he had his shit together. Mm-hmm. He had a job. He was going to school full time and he was kicking ass at it. And then once he was done with school, he got a good job 
in his field. Where where does where does he work? Oh, he's in advertising. Really? Yeah. Really, an advertisement agency. Sorry, I gotta roll my my uh, dice and see where he lands and <laughs> choose from the board. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled a three. What is that? Advertising agent. Got All it. Right. Sounds good. <laughs> He's got his shit together, so he supports her. Then they get pregnant, and then he doesn't want to divorce because he's he's a traditionalist. And he's a he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's, he's, he's good like, guy. no, I'm gonna raise this. You're gonna raise this kid. Mm-hmm. And so they 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 takes him two years to get married. She was resistant to getting married. Yeah, that's how come they were together for twenty years, but they were married for eighteen. Sarah can't be tamed unless. Unless you're a 25-year-old French man, <laughs> French student. So, where, where were we in the fucking movie? Okay, so, so yeah, Sarah you, gets fucking... But Sarah, like, you, you read this book and you're like, Sarah's a fucking bitch. What a bitch. And then you watch the movie and oh, they take the worse. bitch, like, they crank it up to 11. She doesn't even, like, try to justify it or anything. She's In the movie, she's just straight up like, no, I'm going to school and I'm leaving you. No, she doesn't say she's leaving him yet. She says she's leaving him behind. But, but she's not like sad. She's not. Yeah, she doesn't seem sad. She doesn't say she's breaking up with him yet. And like, he's like, don't leave me. And she's like, I'm not leaving you, which is a fucking lie. Every kind of justification that he tries to come up with. He's like, well, you know, you can commute or we can move somewhere halfway. Or blah, blah, blah. Like everything he throws out. She's just like, no, she's like, no, I I don't want to spend time with you. I want to have time alone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, motherfucker, you're like 40 something years old. You're one of your kids is 18. Just hang in there, girl. Like what? Your daughter's like 15. Yeah. And your son is like nine. Yeah. Like, yeah. Give yeah. it like three years. Both of your oldest kids will be gone. And then your youngest kid will probably be too interested in his, in his friends to give a shit about yeah, you. Anyway. He's going to be taking care of himself. Like, it's like, you know, like we talk about like. Stop kind of hanging out with my parents once I was able to like. Oh, yeah. Every that's once I become natural. independent enough, I'm like, I just do my own thing. Every kid does that. Yeah. It's like you learn how to use the microwave and you're like, why do I even have parents? It's like it's like <laughs> it'd be one thing if it was uh, her just leaving Oliver. Like, oh, yeah, well, I can see that happening. And her like dragging out the breakup mm-hmm. because she doesn't know how to handle it because she's a fucking pussy. Like, <laughs> like fucking girl, fucking spine, Captain pussy Janeway. Yes, bitch. Fucking Captain Janeway. God damn it. Since I referred to her, though, I can't remember. I can't. I, can't, I know her name is Sarah, but I like it. I'm just going to call her Captain so Janeway. forgettable name. Yeah. We just lost all of our listeners named Sarah. I have many friends named Sarah. One of my good friends is named Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. She follows us. Aw. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. So we. Your uh, name is awesome. It's it's great. We love it. All right. Okay, so she leaves and she moves to Michigan. She says she's going to come back on weekends, visit the kids. Nope. Time goes by. Nope. And she calls and comes up with excuse after excuse. At first, it was, oh, when I don't have space in my hotel because I'm still looking for my place. Then, oh, I have a place, but I don't want to. And well, eventually, Sarah decides to tell Patrick Duffy Patrick Duffy's mom is sick with Alzheimer's. Yeah. And his dad is, you know, talking to him about how he's losing his the woman he loves. And Patrick Duffy is is, you know, understanding how that feels because he feels the same thing, but for a different reason. Mm -hmm. In the book, 
one of the few ways that Daniel Steele knows how to write a death scene <laughs> is a car crash. Yes. A pedestrian like, gets uh, hit by a car. Uh, okay, this person died. Uh, how'd they die? Uh, car crash. Car crash. Car crash. That makes sense. There's two car crash deaths in the book. One of them gets cut out in the In this four-chapter book. There's two deaths by car crashes. <laughs> and not like, oh, I'm in a car, I'm crashing. Like, But, like, you're walking and a car plows through the pedestrians. Yeah, so the mom, the Alzheimer's grandma, she hits someone with a car. And that person doesn't die. They're hurt. But, like, you know, that's what gets her put in the home. And then... She's like walking outside and then a car hits her and she dies. But in the movie, it's like her brain just stops working and and she basically just goes into a coma and they have to pull the plug. And it's super fucking sad. It's pretty sad. You just uh, hear Patrick Duffy going, I love you, mom. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean for that to be funny. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Fucking. So then we get to the funeral, right? Yeah. And, and uh, uh, what better time to tell your right, husband? Right after they like say their words and they lower they the casket down. They say a prayer and lower this woman's and body into the And they're walking to where I'm assuming they're going to have the wake. Right. Mm-hmm. And fucking Captain Janeway comes running up to Patrick Duffy as like Oliver, Oliver. That's his name in the movie. I don't know. I keep calling Patrick Duffy. But his name Patrick is Oliver. Duffy. Come on. <laughs> Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> and he's like, what is it? Captain Janeway. <laughs> he's like, what? Let me turn up my hearing aid. I can't hear you. I want a divorce. Like She's just like. Drops it on out of his mom's funeral. They just buried the. They just put the body down. They they're still walking away from the fucking hole. The blood is still warm, people. Like, and Sarah comes out and just says, "I want a divorce." The shovels haven't even come out to like put the dirt on her, and Dude. the and she's just like, "I want a divorce." She's a monster. I was like, "What the fuck kind of human <laughs> being does that?" Yeah, she's not even like that bad in the book. In that scene, but in the movie, they're just like, we want you to hate this bitch. Oh, we uh, we, we didn't bring up uh, Ben has been ditching class. Yeah, ever since his mom left his academic... His academic career. His, his, his grades his grades aren't so good anymore. He was accepted to many colleges, but this is a last term. Princeton. Yeah. Oh, we forgot about Princeton. I don't remember that one. <laughs> so, he has all these... Uh, College is lined up, but he got his girlfriend, Bobby, pregnant. His 17-year-old girlfriend, for shame. And Bobby, the girlfriend, is from a lower broke class, broken home. Yeah. Uh, you can tell Daniel Steele does not look uh, fondly upon the poors. Yeah, the normal people who don't live in Paris. And mansions and <laughs> in New York City, right next to Central Park. What a bunch of schlubs. <laughs> anyway. She looks down on the common folk for sure. She's the fourth best selling author of all fucking time. Yeah. So. So now it's like, all right, well, as Cher infamously asked us, do you believe in life after love? Obviously, Sarah believes in life after love because while she's at 
her prestigious university finding herself, she also happens to find a 25-year-old French exchange student that she falls in love with and starts dating. Oh, except we don't see that in the movie. Yeah, we don't see that in the movie. That was just in the book. They cut that out in the movie. But when he visited her at school... She wanted just the kids to visit. She didn't expect him to come. Mm -hmm. And that's when she's like, I think we should see other people. Yeah, because, I mean, he's going to find out. She already was seeing other people. Mm -hmm. The uh, French boyfriend dies in the book from getting hit by a car. A car crash, of course. How so else I guess do that's, people that's die? three people getting hit by a car, actually. Yeah, uh-huh. Like, all the kids get hit by cars, too. <laughs> 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 Buckle your safety belt. Oh, my God. <laughs> so <laughs> the kids all get, but they all live, but the boyfriend dies. Yeah. So she's free to see other people again. <laughs> Good for her. So fucking Patrick Duffy, you know, he's having a hard time. He still loves Sarah, but you know what? He's got to move on. And so in the book, he sees quite a few women, but in the movie, they just cut straight to Charlotte, who is this, you know, model actress. She's actress on a, on a well-known TV show. Yeah. And she's releasing a new perfume. and Wild. Yeah. And his ad agency is in charge of putting out the commercials. So that's how they meet and talk. And then he gets a new job over in L.A. Where she lives. Where she lives. And then they start, you know, talking and she she asks him out. Mm hmm. Yeah. She's very uh, forward. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've we forgot to mention that there's this whole subplot in the movie that wasn't in the book about Ben, the oldest son, his baby and this custody battle that he gets in with his girlfriend bobby because in the book bobby and him got along and then the dad offered money and bobby accepted money to take the baby because ben wouldn't take it ben was too proud you know uh, dude ben is a fucking boss like what an incredible boyfriend 18 years old he's been accepted to princeton he gets this girl pregnant and he literally says fuck college Word for word, that is a two, quote. Two jobs. Fuck college. And he goes and he gets jobs and he's like, I'm not moving to L.A. to live in a mansion with you, dad. Sorry, I've got a family here. Yeah. Now. Yeah. The dad gets a promotion to L.A. temporarily. Mm-hmm. And so the ad agency is actually put him up in a mansion with a guest house and he offers Ben, ben to come stay there. And Ben says, no, he wants to be a man. Mm-hmm. But as our... Most women in this story, for some reason, Bobby's a trifling, you know, she does not want Ben to have anything to do with this baby. And she's just a fucking cunt for no reason. And so they get in this custody battle. She runs off with the baby at some point. Just leaves. Just leaves Ben. And because they're not married, he can't take the baby with him to L.A. even when he if he wanted to. Because they would count as kidnapping. Right. So he calls Patrick Duffy after his date with Wonder Woman. After they're sleeping, he calls and his dad's like, just get to the airport. I will take care of all your travel arrangements. Come home. That's all you need to do. He's like, we will figure this out. 
We have a lawyer. They're rich, by the way. Everyone's like, everyone's rich. Oh, they're so rich, dude. He's like, oh, we'll take we'll take care of it. And Ben's like, OK, OK, he finally is convinced like there's nothing left for him now in Chicago. Now that Bobby has run off with with the child. Mm-hmm. So he's going to come home with the dad and they're going to figure out. But in the book, Bobby becomes part of the family. She yeah. becomes an accepted part of the family. Much more wholesome. Yeah, a little bit more wholesome. It was like they substituted some drama from the book or like different drama in the movie. Yeah. I think once they cut all the stupid bullshit Danielle Steele came up <laughs> with, they're like, man, our movie's only 60 minutes. We <laughs> gotta add something else going here now. Let's add another plot with this custody battle. Yeah. Speaking of the date between Patrick Duffy and Wonder Woman, <laughs> it's around Christmas time. This is about one year late, almost exactly one year later. Right. After the divorce. After the divorce. Yeah. So Patrick Duffy gives her a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I don't have anything for you. <laughs> he's like, that's OK. This this is a gift. This is an amazing evening. Just with you. being with you is a gift. The next day. Well, wait, he gets her a fucking gold Cartier bracelet. And they've only known each other for like four days at this point. Forty eight like, hours. Forty eight hours. Yeah. Like literally like a two couple days. days. Yeah, two days. I mean, they had known each other before. Because just yeah, through work, through work, meeting that one time, that one time, that one time. And he gets her a fucking gold bracelet and she's like, I don't have anything for you. But the next morning, she's like, I have a gift for you now. And he's like, OK. And she pulls out her great grandfather or maybe your grandfather's. I don't remember her grandfather's mm-hmm. pocket watch. And he's like, I can't accept this. And she's like, no, I want you to have it. Mm-hmm. But. And, and this plays out in the book, too. We're like, all right, that's fine. In the fucking movie. <laughs> in the book, it's much more like fantastical because you're imagining this, this like super pristine, excellent craftsmanship, like amazing pocket, pocket watch. watch. But like in the movie, it's just this rusty old piece of shit. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like she just found in the junk drawer. Exactly. Like, oh, shit. I gotta, I gotta get, get this guy something. Fuck. Fuck. He's not gonna wake up any fucking minute now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, it's like, it's like, here it is. Grandpa's fucking watch. Here, let me. Blow off the fucking dust, wind up, making sure it still fucking works. You know what? There's also another like weird difference between the movie and the book in this scene. <laughs> so like she cooks him this extravagant breakfast. And in like the book, they talk about all of the stuff they have for breakfast. One of which is, um, you know, she makes fresh squeezed orange juice for him. But for whatever reason, like in the movie, she's pouring the orange juice and he's like, Ooh, is this fresh squeezed? And she's like, well, it's, it's from the bottle. You know, I'm just, I'm not that type of girl or whatever. Like she makes some comment about how it's not fresh squeezed orange juice because, you know, she's too humble for it. It's like, I don't know why they chose to make that difference in the movie, like to make her seem more relatable or down to earth or something. All of the other changes have kind of like made sense up to that point. But I was like, well, wait a fucking second. Like she's a famous rich movie star who lives in L.A. Like Patrick Duffy's got a fucking maid. Why isn't Wonder Woman? Yeah, he has. Oh, yeah. We didn't even mention that. Their family is a fucking maid named Agnes. She's barely noticeable. She's just there. She's literally there in the back. But Sarah uses her as an argument when like she's trying to leave and Patrick Duffy is like, 
well, you know, what are the, what about the kids? And she's like, yeah, they got Agnes. And he's like, well, what, do I have Agnes? Like, what the fuck? What's going on with that? Ben and dad are much more conflicted in this when it comes to the baby situations. Yeah. The dad was much more understanding in the, the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like Ben didn't fight as much in the book. No, they totally like. They, they, ta- they talked the it. They bumped. They, they, they talked it out in the book. They argue and get physical and yeah. movie. Patrick Duffy slaps Ben Affleck across his young, beautiful face. <laughs> I want to make a gif of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the fucking, the cop from Dallas, like slapping Batman. You could probably write something about that. There's an idea for you, Daniel Steele. Another difference is there's one sex scene in the book and there's one sex scene in the movie In the book, it's Patrick Duffy and Linda Carter at her pool, like in the pool or something. And they go into all this like weird detail about their passionate lovemaking. But then like in the movie, when Sarah first says she wants to leave, like... He kind of forced himself on her. (laughs) Yeah, dude. He like grabs her and just starts kissing her and then... Yeah, she and yeah, she like like she starts kissing him back. He like grabs her because yeah. she was like, I think she was, she was gonna go sleep on the couch or something like that. I gotta say, I mean, that's some daddy behavior right there. But that wasn't in the book. <laughs> so we get that sex scene. Then we also get Ben and Bobby sex scene in the in the movie. Oh yeah, it's kind of weird because you're like, wait, isn't she like technically seventeen in the story? Is she seventeen? Yeah. Or is she eighteen? She's seventeen in the book. I know that. You don't really get a sex scene. It's uh, just kind of some making out. It's making out and heavy petting. <laughs> and I think we got to fade to black. So you yeah. put two and two together. Yeah. So Patrick Duffy introduces his kids to Wonder Woman. <laughs> and a weird thing that we noticed is in the book, despite her being a famous actress on a popular TV show, the kids don't recognize her. Right. They don't. Yeah. They never mention in the book like, oh, you're so and so like they're like, okay, yeah, my dad's dating Wonder Woman. All right. That's fine. But in the movie, he's like, kids, I would like to introduce you. Holy fucking shit. You're fucking Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. They know who she is. They 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 kind of like spaz out like, holy fuck. My dad's dating this actress. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah. And um. I don't know. I think it's more realistic. You think like the writer was like, I can these kids don't fucking notice that she's like a <laughs> famous actress. Like, is really? Guy, some intern who's like, all right, Billy, uh, it's your first day on the job. <laughs> yeah, I'll read We're this four chapter the- book. You got to adapt it to a 90 minute movie. We just guy want you step to, by step. We just want you to pick out all the loopholes and try and close them. Can you do that? <laughs> sure thing, boss. Just read this book. Tell us what we got to cut and what we got to fluff. Well, you know, I just I got to say, um, I think she would be a lot more relatable if she didn't fresh squeeze the orange juice. I just think that's a creative decision we could make that would really drive home more for care. Run it. <laughs> Yeah, sounds good. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Everything is going really well. But keep in mind, this is a Daniel Steele book, so we need some more conflict. We need more crisis. So what's the crisis this time? Wonder Woman gets an offer to be a starring role in a Broadway play. Which That's was, been her dream. Which was planted earlier in the movie by her mentioning, even though she lo- she 
she loves acting. She always wanted to be in a play. She yes. always wanted to be on Broadway. That yes. was kind of more or less has been her goal. Her dream. She's been in bigger things, but that's not what it that's not what the plan was. That's not what it's all about. That's not what life is all about. She does she gets she she gets the leading role in the play. She, they're gonna write her out of her show in two weeks. They said it's okay for you to leave the show. You can leave your contract. It's mm-hmm. fine. You just gotta come back like next season, I think. Yeah. Is what they said. Yep. And so Patrick Duffy is faced with yet another scenario of the woman in his life. Leaving to pursue a dream oh, with only his, two weeks. His dad gets remarried. Oh, yeah. His dad. His dad remarried within that year. Oh married God. somebody from like the old folks home, like a caretaker. Yeah. But. uh, you know, But and Patrick Duffy took a little bit to like accept it. But then he's like, no, I could tell they do genuinely care about each other. And it's nice for my dad to have somebody. Yeah. And that's when he started like, co- you know, coping with the it's time for him to move on too. Mm-hmm. you know. But uh, he's faced with this again. Speaking of moving on, he's faced with this again. I mean, he acts differently this time. He's learned. He's, he's, and it it's it's inverted. Mm-hmm. Because one woman's like, I will commute. I will. I will because I'm a I'm rich TV actress, Broadway actress. I can fly from L.A. to Chicago every other day. And he's like 12 hours there. 12 hours back, what, you have fucking lunch together every day? Like, that's it. That's all you fucking got. Yeah, so he's like, you know what? I don't want to go through this again. It's over. If you want it to be over, just say it's over. Like, we're done. And uh, in the book, she writes, like, a note to him. Yeah, like a letter. And she went to his house to, like, deliver it. I don't know if she was going to leave it, like, on his, like, porch or something. I don't even know. She was the next... Oh, I wasn't expecting you to be here. But in this one... Because Ben won the custody battle. Yes, he did. He wins the custody battle of the of the child. And after seeing the judge and like having to make a case for himself and the judge is like, but uh, but you're a man. Do you really know how to take care of a baby? And he's like, yeah, it was me. I was taking care of the baby, not the wife, not the girl. But you're a guy, though. She's like, well, what did that entail? He's like. Feeding him, <laughs> changing him, keeping him clean. Uh, like shit you do to take care of a baby. Like he's like a month old, like a couple months old. He's not doing a whole lot. Yeah. He's, he's not moving. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just making sure he feels loved and cared for. And safe. And safe. And warm. He says. Yeah, and warm. He says safe and warm. But uh, so he wins the custody battle. (laughs) (laughs) So now they're having the christening. Yeah. Which doesn't happen in the book. Oh, before we get to that, though, we have Ben talking to Wonder Woman on the set of her show. That's when she reveals him. But she talks to him about how she didn't really want to go. Because they've changed the play. They, they gave her a rewrite on the script mm. and she's not totally feeling it. And even though she's always wanted to be on Broadway, this isn't it. Like, this isn't how she wants to do it. This ain't it, Chief. I know there's going to be other opportunities for me to be on Broadway. Obviously, I'm one on Broadway at this point in my career. I kind of just fell into acting is what she says. I, mean, I might 
think this was like Linda Carter just like off the cuff like they just were filming this <laughs> I didn't want to be here but you know I just kind of fell into the role <laughs> so so Linda Carter tells him that I don't really want to go he invites her to the christening and he pulls up in his jacket and pulls out this envelope that's a reoccurring trend in this movie everyone every guy has like envelopes in their in their breast pocket of their jacket. <laughs> yeah. Every, every time they need to bring something out, they just like open their jacket <laughs> and they pull out it, whatever it's like it a is. a Mary Poppins purse, just like. Fucking think of Felix the cat, just like yeah. a bag of What everything. are you buying? What are you selling? <laughs> Patrick Duffy. <laughs> what are you buying? What are you selling? Patrick Duffy selling mobile homes. That's another commercial that he did. That was a nice mobile home. Yeah. That didn't look like a mobile home on the inside. It's like a bougie mobile home. It's like like taking a picture on the inside. It's like, this is a mobile home? (laughs) Shit. I'm paying for an apartment? (laughs) I could have so much more. (laughs) So, he invites her to the christening. And we go... Get cut to the church. The christening is happening. The church is fucking empty. They're the only ones. They're there. the only ones there, which I, that's kind of how it is. And you don't necessarily have an audience, but you usually have like family and friends. But I guess they have no family and friends. And well, well, they're, in, they're LA. in L.A. Exactly. I have friends, family and friends in L.A. So they go there. And after it's done, we see this whole entire like. Process. And, and then when it's over, everyone leaves. Everyone's leaving. Except. One person left in the crowd. Who could it be? I didn't expect to see you here. <laughs> Wonder Woman came to the christening. And like the whole time you're shooting this, you're like, we're seeing close with the family and we see come some shots of the pew. But like we see there's no one in the pews until like the very end of it. We have like a 180 and we see that one person has been sitting in the pews this whole time. And it's Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Patrick Duffy goes, I didn't expect to see you here. <laughs> and she's like, oh, um, well, I'm sorry. I you didn't want me to be here. Uh, um, ben invited me. He's like, no, no, I, I I literally just mean I didn't expect to see you here. He didn't mean it like, I didn't oh, I didn't want you to be here. I just I was like, whoa, hey, whoa, hey, Wonder Woman's here. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> I didn't know she, she was invited. <laughs> It's nice to see you. And they talk, but we don't see and hear the conversation. But we see them like taking pictures with the with the pastor. They've decided to get back together. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, she's like, you know what? I want family. I want love. I want all that. Like, I already have a career. Why do I need to shoot for more, you know? And yeah. then like and then, then we see like all of them as a family holding each other with a newly christened baby and them stepping outside of the church, roll credits. And it's good they didn't need to go over that because like she had just explained it all to Ben, you know, yeah. like five minutes prior, the scene prior to this, versus the book. I don't know where the fuck Ben is at that point. Like, I'm pretty sure he was still living in fucking New York. Ben didn't move back. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. This part of the story gets real fuzzy for me. Like the book deviated a significant amount. Ben didn't move with him to L.A. No, he stayed there because Bobby wasn't a piece of shit and didn't run away. Yeah. And he was like, I'm just going to care for my family. And, uh, you know, he came and visited. Do they even have 
the baby in the book? I think so. Dude, I don't know. This fucking story. So basically, it was just a roller coaster of fucking emotions. It's a roller coaster of emotions, but it's a roller coaster where nothing fucking happens still. Like, there's there's things that happen, but there's no resolution. There's no consequence. There's a book series called A Series of Unfortunate Events. But this fucking story is a series of unfortunate events. That's all it is. Like when we were listening to the audiobook, I think maybe after the first or second chapter, I was like, this story is a fucking downer. It's just one bad thing. Like someone dies, someone gets hurt, someone breaks someone's heart. Fucking like it's insane. It's one thing after another. Yeah. And then like it's that for the majority of the story and then things are really good for a little while and then things get bad for a little while and then they end on a good note. And it's just like, it's not fun. <laughs> You're just like, God, how much more sad shit can possibly happen? The book cuts or the movie cuts down on a lot of bullshit, which I really appreciated. But it also added its own unique bullshit that was kind of unnecessary. I didn't really feel a lot of the movie was unnecessary. There's a lot of unnecessary in the book. Like yeah. I said, five, I called it like five girlfriends. I called it before we watched the movie. We were getting their names mixed up after a while because we were like, wait, who's that again? Who's yeah. that? There's so many of them and they're all just generic. Yeah. And so I'm sure the intern that had it, like, he just had a Sharpie. It was just <laughs> crossing shit out in the fucking book. Um... But I remember because I called, I was like, watching the movie, they're going to narrow this down to like five fucking women because of this five women down to like one mm -hmm. because this is movies 90 minutes and we don't got fucking time for this. Honestly, I'm glad. It'd be a montage. Yeah, it got really confusing in the book. And so I'm glad that they decided to just develop his and Wonder Woman's relationship more than deviating with like, for no reason. Like one of the women was like an artsy girl that made him do coke. There was like, <laughs> <laughs> she wore leather pants, leather pants. And like, then there was like, oh, his coworker he had kind of a fling with. And then it wasn't really a fling like he liked her, but she was having she was a mistress for some guy. She was already in an affair with somebody. And. She was like, it works for me. They kept going back to that, bringing how it works for me. You know, I'm happy. She's a co-worker we see two times while he's in the office. Yes. Like talking to him and talking to him about work. The most optimal way they would have been able to put that into this 90 minute movie would be like a like uh, a montage of him, like like meeting a girl, going to dinner, talking and him was kind of looking kind of like bored that way you get the get the idea he's not enjoying this that's the only way they'd be able to shove all the relationships he was in in a year's span time so i'm of the opinion that look the movie that we watched is based on source material the source material is not good the book is very bad the story sucks it's, it's all over the place seller. It's a bestseller because you people have no standards. That's absolutely fucking true. <laughs> You're saying it's a joke. I'm doubling down. And that's how come 
shit like Transformers has like 11 fucking movies. We're on nine fucking Fast and the Furious films and 170 fucking eight Danielle Steele novels. Yep. Danielle Steele is the equivalent of the Fast and the Furious, except I would say the Fast and the Furious is better because they don't recycle plots, even though it's all about cars. They stopped racing after the third one out of like nine. So that makes two thirds of the fucking movies not about racing cars. They're just about cars versus Danielle Steele literally just recycles every fucking thing. There's more place in the Fast Furious. They've been in a Mexican desert. They've been in San Francisco, New York, Tokyo. Fucking Daniel. Okay, so the Fast and the Furious movies are stories that take place around cars, whereas the Daniel Steele stories are just about car accidents (laughs) and how they make people's relationships hard. (laughs) I think this book has more car accidents than the first Fast and the Furious. Probably. There's not a lot of crashing in that one. Daniel Steele is Fast and the Furious for horny housewives. Two housewives. Two horny (laughs) (laughs) Too fast. Too furious. So, I think I have the perfect way to sum up this experience. And this is a quote from David Zerwick from the Baltimore Sun, in which he wrote an article about Daddy on October 23rd, 1991. He ends this article by saying, Formulaic? Sure. Nobody ever accused Steele of being above formulas, but there are formulas that reflect some of the more important moments of passage in our lives. Their pull is powerful enough even to overcome the acting of Patrick Duffy. End quote. (laughs) That's exactly how I feel about it. I think I can sum up this movie... Very simply, I think I can sum up this movie by saying it's 93 minutes of Patrick Duffy talking like this, sounding very sad and confused (laughs) at the same time. I mean, shit, you like that kind of acting, then Daddy is the movie for you. Anyone else is the movie for them? Friday the 13th, part six. (laughs) Oh, shit. And that's the movie for us. And you can hear us defend that position on the newest episode of VCR Graveyard. So be sure to check them out. Yes. Give that a listen. But I think it does wrap it up for daddy. (laughs) Yeah. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there. And since we're now on Apple Podcasts, Uh, If you like the show, you want to help us out, give us a five-star review. We'll read your review on the show. Don't forget that we still have stickers available, so if you would like to help support the show, send us a DM to buy a sticker or to send us content or suggest content. Yes, submissions for fan submissions number two are open. Feel free to send us a tape. You got something you want us to review? Might show up on our next fan submission episode. Either finding something weird, if it's something you've made as an artist. We would love to see it. So send us a DM or an email, vhsaturdaypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. We will be back next week. And until then, be be kind, kind, rewind. rewind.